that turned is the volume all the way up on this? Yeah. Okay. I think this was all really good. I mean, I was right up on it. It might be a little loud. That was the only critique I had last time. If it's too loud, you're too old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, welcome back. This is our second episode of the Strength Starts Here podcast. The Troy Shanks. Howdy, howdy. And, uh, just, just call me the boss. <laughs> um, so what, I'm going to shoot. How do we start? I want to give a little background on both of us so you guys kind of know who we are, um, where we kind of got started. Uh, I guess I'll take it off first because... Mine goes way back, way back when I started lifting and uh, getting into strength sports. I was 12 years old. So I, I really, you know, it was, grew up on a, in a kind of a farm town area, way out in the country. We had a little mini farm, nothing, just a hobby farm, nothing, not like we're raising animals for sale. It was just <laughs> the kids had 4-H animals type of thing. But, you know, I had to build all the fence for that, and I liked to build, so I built the barns for all the animals. and. Um, you know, I was over, oversaw by the, my pops at the time. Um, but then I really got fell in love with building. But anyway, at 12 years old, I wanted to go work for my uncle. He, was a con- he did landscape concrete curbing for decorative concrete curbing for high-end homes. And uh, mostly residential, we did do some parking lots. But um, I wanted to work for him when I was 12 years old. And I was a little, I was 5'2". No, at 12 years old, I was probably 5 foot nothing. Probably weighed 100 pounds. I was tiny. And uh, he's like, well, you just got to, in order to work for me, these wheelbarrows, when they're full of cement, they're, they're in concrete, they're 280 to 350 pounds. And they're the industrial wheelbarrows, real heavy-duty steel ones. And, um, you know, so he's like, you need, to, you need to get bigger. He's basically telling me a nice way to get bigger. But he goes, you just need to eat steak and potatoes and lift some weights. And I took that literally. I went to the library, found a book on lifting, went to the thrift store, Found them old concrete plastic wrapped weights <laughs> and a little uh, weeder set. Put it in the basement. I had a we had two beams, two posts in the basement, and I hung a two by two up there. We bolted it in. That was my pull up bar, and I really, really studied this book. It was a book on physi- the physiological movement, the right. movement of the lifts. So I really was key on form. So ever since I was a kid, you know, just perfect, perfect form on everything. And uh, the next time I worked for him and. I might have been the smallest guy, but I was definitely a lot more powerful than most of them. <laughs> and uh, just kind of moved on from there and started getting into construction. Still lifted, still loved to lift, but all of my summer jobs were working construction with my uncles. That was the best freaking time. It was probably one of the best times of my life, you know. Riding bikes, lifting weights, hanging out with the, the cousins and the uncles working for them. And, um, you know, really just took that work ethic from the uncles and the lifting and the hard manual labor and just te- became it became my own you know yeah and then uh started reading the bodybuilding magazines back when magazines were a big thing you know the flex the muscular development man i had boxes of them by the time i was 20 years old you know i had one of my uh, old coaches when i was 18 gave me probably three boxes of magazines from the like 96 through 2000 so, you know, everybody in the, the late 90s and early 2000s, all those lifters, those are the guys I know. Right. More than even the guys today, some <laughs> of them. But um, turns out Dennis James is my coach now, you know. So one of those guys that was big in that area, now he's my coach. That's pretty cool. But 
um, just fell in with lifting, and then we moved, the family moved to Tucson from Washington State, Spokane, when I was 17. I was ready to get out of the house, and then we shipped down there. So this was a, a new environment for me. Went straight to the first gym. It was a Metro Flex at the time. It turned into a Gold's Gym, and I met a guy there that I trained with. Was one of Milos Sarso's best friends back when uh, he first moved here from Yugoslavia in the early eighty, late eighties, early nineties, and he was my coach. So a lot of those same training principles were passed down at the time. Not a bad coach to start with. I told him like, "Hey, uh, I want to do a bodybuilding show. What do you think?" He said, "He's like, who's this little kid coming in here saying this?" <laughs> I think I, w- I was seventeen, right? And I pulled him a front by big old peak. He's like, "Oh shit." Nine months later, we won three shows and two nationals. So it was a pretty quick thing. I got right in it. And, yeah. you know, I trained. He was literally donated his time. I think he was about 37 at the time, and I was 18. He donated his time, never charged me a dime. Um, I think I bought his plane ticket to, to nationals, to collegiate and master's nationals in 2003. And the hotel, I paid for it, but he came out there with me. But all the coaching and training and dieting, he did uh, just because he saw that I had the interest and wanted to share the info. So that was super key. It probably ties into why I like to coach nowadays to give back. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was a pretty cool thing. But um, we skipped over from then to now. There's a lot of things that happen in life. but uh, (laughs) Life gets in the way sometimes. But I went into construction, and I started my own business at 19 years old and did that all the way up until 2018. We opened uh, Be Strong in 2017. January 1st was our grand opening for our first location. And then by mid-2018, I was like, I gotta pick which one I'm gonna stick with because I'm running two businesses. And you know, the passion is the lifting always has been and I have the ability to do that now. So that's kind of where I uh, changed the fork in the road in a way. Still love to build, still love to manage projects. Maybe it'll come back later at some point in time in my life, but right now we're focused on the training and helping people, and well, freaking love it. So there's a lot of a lot of years missed, but basically it was going to the gym all the time. I still lifted. There was probably two years in there where I probably didn't touch much weights at all, but I got right back into it and, and got on it. So yeah, but the construction side of it though does build a different type of strength <laughs> and. Uh, and in a different type of muscular musculature, right? So, isn't those years might have been missed in the gym, but they were still building blocks, right? Like I mean, yeah. Starting on the uh, construction sites with your, you know, with your family and and uh, moving wheelbarrows and stuff. I mean, that's just building. Oh yeah. A, a stable base, mm-hmm. you know, from the beginning. You know, there's balance, a balance coordination. I mean, you're doing a lot of hills yeah. up and down, rocks, gravel, sand, grass. You know. Yeah, farm boy strength is a is a real thing, you know, and that's how you build is manual labor, you know, and, and you can tell the difference in in physiques. I think, you know, with those two. For sure, especially yeah. in the hands, you yeah. get the freaking get the sausage. monster man, yeah, sausage yeah. figure man hands. <laughs> But uh, I was partially, definitely genetic too. But I've been working with my hands. I got more scars on my hands by the time I was twelve than most people do in their whole life, probably. Right. You know, but you know, the the, the manual labor part of it um, definitely is exerting energy. And re- you know, if you were already in the state of mind like I was in, well, you were lifting properly. You weren't really getting injured. And there was some crazy shit I did with beam work and oh, yeah. high elevations and 
crazy shit that I wouldn't even attempt to today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, just throw it on my shoulder. I'll just come up there and do it, you know. Nowadays, I'm like, you guys do it. I'm too old. Yeah. We need a four-man crew. <laughs> We're going to need some cranes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get out of my chair here. Right. But that's probably also why I haven't done too much strongman and strongman competitions. I fucking lived it for... Yeah, you spent know, your that, whole life doing yeah, it. Yeah, I spent my whole life doing that stuff, so... Yeah. But I, I do enjoy it, and I, and I get the, you know... It's, it's kind of like a perfect... You know, if you had a good farm boy, bring him in doing some strongman meets. Maybe you could throw him into some powerlifting, and then he could be pretty much whatever he wants oh, to yeah. be, you know? But those, the farm boys tend to have a, a different type of mentality when they, they approach things. You know? Well, it's, it's the, the, like, manual construction labor type mindset, too, of here's the job, here's the end result that we got to get to, <clears throat> and you just don't stop until you get there, yeah. right? So you carry that over into your strength and your, in your uh, physique, you know, building. It, it's the same thing here. This is where we're going. This is what we got to do to get there. You just don't stop until you get there. Well, I think it goes both ways, too. So for me, I, I did do both at the same time. But then when I had won nationals, and I said I was going to do it, and everybody's like, who's this pipsqueak? Doesn't know Jack. You know, never seen him before. And all of a sudden, you know, I do my two shows win, get qualified, and win there. And, you know, my dad said something at that point in time where he goes, and this, you know, my mom always took us to sports. as You know, my dad worked a lot. But she took us to the Little League and soccer and baseball and basketball and all the things we played as kids. But he was busy, so he'd show up at games if he could. But she was always the one taking us to practice. A memorable moment for me it was out of the whole crowd, I could hear him yelling for me. And that was pretty cool. But he said after I won nationally, he goes, if you just take that same exact work ethic that you put in in the last 12, 9 to 12 months to win this show, you do it any other part of your life, you'll be successful. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. I, I turned that into my construction business, and now it, it's back and forth with each other. So everything you do kind of mimics itself, mm -hmm. and I think that's where we came up with that MEP strength, that mental, physical, and emotional strength. Yeah. Um, and it ties together all parts of life, not just your lifting, not just your personal life, not just your job. But Yeah, yeah. once you tie it all together, then everything starts to increase, you know, so build on each other. You get the community around you. You mm -hmm. get the right type of people you're supposed to be around, not hanging out with the wrong, you know. You attract a, a different breed in a way, oh, yeah. right? A different mentality. Yeah. And motivation attracts motivation, I think. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> you know, because one motivated guy is not going to hang out with the unmotivated because he's going to hold him back, you know, if if he truly is motivated. Right. I mean, you might have <clears throat> hanging out with the buddies for a couple hours on a Saturday. It's not, not the same thing right. as, you know grinding every day and yeah I hate that word but in a way it's sometimes what it feels like oh, yeah. <laughs> just getting up in the morning here the grinding in your kneecaps from all the, all the, <laughs> the, all the years <laughs> on your knees doing construction work or in the gym squat and stuff but that's basically kind of in a nutshell you know um, but what about you what's your little what's your deal how did you get started in the strength sports so my my journey I guess uh, kind of started a little bit later so grew up manual labor and everything. Uh, my dad owned a construction company. The family had a farm up in Oregon. Uh, so, so I spent my summers doing that and working with my dad, you know, whenever I was out of school. Um, and it almost did the exact opposite. You know, I was so focused on getting the job done there that I didn't feel like I had extra energy, I guess, to go out and, uh, you know, get in the gym or lift weights or anything like that. So I kind of focused more on that side of it. And it wasn't until high school that... I got into lifting, 
and, and playing football and then wrestling, you know, they just drive that fit. You know, you got to be bigger, you got to be stronger, you got to be faster, right? So um, I kind of set in on that. The issue is, and, and you know, when uh, a lot of people, you know, have this, this uh, expectation, that, oh, you know, oh, no, I was great in high school, I was great in high school. No, I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was... <laughs> I was super excited about my, you know, I don't know, 350-pound leg press, you know. <laughs> like, uh, form sucked. You know, the coaches always tried to help me out. Looking back on it now, you know, <laughs> I was constantly getting, you know, uh, critique on my form and everything from my coaches. So I kind of built that little base there. It wasn't really until 2008 um, when I was in, uh, I was deployed, I kind of had. With the Army? Yeah, with the Army. So I had uh, not a ton of downtime. But, you know, you're over there and you do have a little downtime, you go to the gym, you know, and you relieve the stress that way. Um, so that's kind of where I kind of found that drive to, you know, okay, let's see what I can do with my physique. Let's, you know, use this as a stress relief. Um, How old were you about that point? At 2008, I was about 20. 20? Yeah. So um, a couple of years removed out of high school and... And uh, it, between those time frames, I really didn't lift much. Just working and chasing, yeah, chasing just, girls. And basically, you know, I, yeah, I had uh, I had my uh, my my daughter's mom. We were together at the time, so you know, just kind of playing that, you know, that that out. And um, so, two thousand eight was overseas. Uh, had my daughter. Uh, she was born eight days after I left, after I was deployed. So that was also a driving factor, right? Like I wanted to kind of make her proud. In life, and, and I always joke with people, my uh, my big driving force is, is I want to be the biggest dad at the PTA meeting, <laughs> and uh, and I want my daughter to be able to say, my dad's stronger than your dad, and actually mean it, and know that I can prove it to her. Without even uh, having to you know, do a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, as long as Bubba, Bubba Pridget doesn't say it to her, you know, there's yeah. I got a couple people that I could get over on. Um, but no, so uh, those that was actually like my driving force. Uh, I just wanted to be bigger and, and stronger, you know, just to make her proud, I guess. And, you know, uh, vanity reasons, of course, obviously, right? And it, it started to become more and more like, okay, let's see what I can do. Let's see what I can do. Um, I competed the first time in powerlifting in 2013. Uh, and then that was also the first year I did a strongman competition. Uh, and the way I got into that was uh, a good buddy of mine from high school. We were uh, training over at an LA Fitness, and I think I deadlifted 365. And uh, mind you, this kid Christian, he was uh, benching 500 in high school. Okay. Yeah, he overhead pressed 405 like it was nothing. You know, just, just a, a big kid, a farm boy, farm boy, strong. You know, um, just incredibly strong. And he was working out with me that day, and I said, "Is that good? You know, like where's that rank me at?" Told me he goes, you know, uh, there's women and strong men <laughs> that lift more than that. And he said, uh, why don't you come to a real gym with me one time and let's get you strong? And then that's where I got the bug. Nice. So I kind of just started training. Uh, kind of do a little more garage style gym then after that. Uh, it was very similar to kind of you know, um, not not necessarily garage style, but smaller niche gyms. You know, where we had a little yeah. corner of it. You know, and yeah. But, if we had a thousand square feet of a gym to be able to do right. yoke walks in, I'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of strongman uh, being held in, in Arizona at the time, so I fell more into the powerlifting realm uh, and did that up until 2019 when I got the strongman bug again. And that's kind of a, we hooked up around that 18. 19, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was 19. Um, 
when I came over and we did the comp here and and uh, little unsanctioned mm-hmm. our first unsanctioned battle of the beast. Yeah, it was. Right? Yep. yep. And uh, so then I wrote going on our third sanction this year now. Right? Yeah, like I yeah. said, it was the fourth total third yeah. sanction. Yeah. And then uh, ruptured my bicep going into twenty twenty. So then I had to take six months off before I can actually do my first competition um, that was sanctioned. Uh, and then just been pushing ever since. And you just came back from a... Uh, a Pro-Am, a Beer Stone Pro-Am down in uh, Mission, Texas, hosted by uh, Gabe Pena. Awesome. And that was pretty... Turned out, it looked like it was a pretty good event. Oh, it was a huge event. Um, I don't know. bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of think it was bigger than they anticipated yeah, it to be. Yeah, too, yeah. Um, but the turnout was amazing. The the caliber of athlete was there. It was just incredible. Um, as well as you had a lot of sh- professional strongmen at the event, too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Bobby Thompson actually had just come off of a third place uh, placing at the Arnold Strongman Classic the weekend before. So he came down. He ended up taking the... The whole he event. Won, he won the show. Yeah, he won the overall in the pro am division, and uh, it was incredible. You compete to see against him. him then, right? Yes, yes. Right so, uh, which was really cool, and uh, you know, big big respect to Bobby for uh, just there was a lot of amateurs there right. that he helped, you know, a yeah. lot, and and that is one thing I love about the strongman community is that you know you got these. I mean, Bobby Thompson holds the American log press record. <laughs> You know, he, he's giving critique to, you know, guys that, that are up and coming, you know, and, and theoretically one day going to be competing against them. But that's the great thing about Strongman is, is you know, everybody, we want everybody to be their yeah. best, you know, and, you know, hand, we'll share equipment if we have to, you know, if that means that that's going to get that guy a better placing because we want to beat you at your best, right? So if, if we beat you because you didn't have your belt, well, okay, that's not. <laughs> that's not beating you, you know, properly, I guess. So, um, but yeah, you know, uh, Gabe Pena, he the world's strongest man competitor. He was uh, the host. Uh, Travis Ortmeyer, uh, he was a world's strongest man competitor. He was there as uh, one of the guest MCs, um, and he actually helped with the live feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Bobby Thompson was uh, competing. Uh, Josh Hatfield was competing. Uh, Inez. Uh, she had just won her pro card at the amateur Arnold the that weekend, weekend before, before um, which, incredibly enough, uh, the first athlete in the Arnold history to win all the events. Uh, wow, she won every event. Every all all five events she won, um, wow. and it's the first time that's ever been done just there. Clean the slate on. Yeah, her. just absolutely incredible athlete, um, and then came down and and took first. That was her first pro win. Uh, just a week later a week later that's outstanding yeah so that was incredible to see Um, Austin Andrade he ended up picking up his pro card Uh, he placed second overall so it was first and second in the pro-am so if you podiumed in the pro-am you you won your pro card first second or third Uh, yeah so Bobby Thompson took first already had his pro card Uh, Austin took second so he won his and then Josh took third and he had already had his so uh, which was pretty incredible and then over on the female side um, Inez did her win but she was obviously already pro um, from the weekend before and then Gabby Dixon uh, she won second so she won her pro card and then Julia and I'm forgetting her last name right now (laughs) I want to say it's Hatfield but it's not Hatfield Uh, she won her pro card as well so uh, it was really cool just to see these, you know, uh, athletes compete, and the events were incredible. 
Heaviest I've ever done in a competition. Up to um, 60,000 pound poles on the truck? Yeah, 60,000 pound uh, truck pole uh, for 50 feet, which was pretty incredible. Um, no momentum. It's, it's, it's a big, huge, knobby tire. Because the Army had uh, sponsored that portion of the event. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I think uh, Gabe linked up with the recruiting station down gotcha. there and was able to get a, a crew of soldiers rigs. down there. And um, they, they supplied the trucks for the truck pull. And also the soldiers were there uh, doing loading spotting, and unloading loading. and spotting. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty cool for them. Um, it's a lot of work in those events, man. Yeah, that's honestly the hardest job. Uh, strongman and powerlifting. And, oh yeah. The I, hands down uh, the hardest part of of the competition. I'd much rather compete than load and spot all day. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I'm way more tired afterwards. Think about how much weight they move in one day. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and you had a big sponsor there for the event. Yeah. So Evolution Athletics was the title sponsor. Um, so Brian Shaw and Kerry Shaw came down. Pretty cool. Uh, oh, it was incredible. Um, it was. Kind of, kind of crazy to see, you know, him and I, I've met him before. I think it was 2016 at the Olympia Expo, and I was a lot smaller then, um, but he was a lot bigger then. Uh, now he's he's lost some weight because he's trying to get a little bit more uh, athletic and agile. And I've put on quite a bit of weight since then, uh, and I'm still just as small compared next to him. He's <laughs> just a big dude. <laughs> that is just a, a a massive human being. Uh, but I mean, he. He took out probably 20, 25 minutes to just talk to uh, Carrie and myself. And oh, that's awesome. He actually fitted, you know, helped fit me uh, for my elbow sleeves and a, and a new uh, weight belt that we actually just got today. Ordered. From his, his company? Yeah, from awesome. Evolution Athletics. So it was really cool for him to, you know, take the time out. And, and then, you know, we just kind of talked about, uh, you know, programming and mindsets of programming and going in and, and what's next for him and kind of his new transition he's got uh not a not a coach but more of a consultant you know that kind of helps him with his programming right now which is really cool to hear um you know that even at his level you know you still need still need the help you need extra right eyes, yeah. yeah um and then that's one thing i think if, if as soon as you think you know everything <laughs> you're you're done yeah right there's Things change Your career so might much. be going the other way at that yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to see somebody, you know, pushing for his fifth title. Very and, humble. Oh, humble. Great ambassador for the sport. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, an outstanding one. He stood, and, you know, I, it had to have been eight hours in that sun. Just for meeting and greeting. Meeting and greeting. There was a line wrapped around, you know, he stopped a few times to eat. And that was the only time I didn't see him standing and talking and taking pictures with somebody. You know, and uh, very humble dude too. Yeah, when, time, when yeah. we walked up, uh, his wife Carrie was was uh, just finished eating, I believe, and she was kind of just. And so that's when I, hey, did you guys bring any more equipment? You know, I was interested in taking yeah. some home. Uh, they only brought enough to do like sizing and, and help out like that and uh, kind of demo mm -hmm. what they had available. And uh, so as soon as he finished eating, he stood up and came over, you know, and and started talking with us. So that was really cool. And uh, you know, Carrie's got. My wife, Carrie, has some uh, issues, I guess, with being able to have a coach and, mm -hmm. like, uh, second guesses a lot, you know, on, uh, you know, because she's gotten this far. So then when someone's like, well, try this, tweak this, you know, it's, well, why? So, you know. She has a difficulty in putting full trust in another person. Yeah. Aside from herself or maybe you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know. 
close friends, you know, you mm-hmm. or Melissa can tell her something, and yeah, you know, she, she she's going to put it yeah. and put it into play. Um, and and not that she knows more than the coach, but she's just, you know, concerned on if it's not the right choice, you know, because right. everybody's body is different, you know. Yeah. So maybe this choice is, but to hear him, you know, say no, 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 like. I, I learned from this guy, and now we kind of consult together, and he programs, and, and we consult on the program, you know. it's And they kind of work together then at that point because they're both knowledgeable. Yeah. He knows his body really well, but the other coach also has a couple tricks too. Exactly, when yeah. When he sees something, and, and you kind of got to work. I see that in more of the matured athlete. Yeah. That, yeah, it's still coach. But it's more on a level of there's a lot of feedback. There's a little back and forth going on. I think there's more explanation too, right? Right. You know, uh, why are we doing this? It, yeah. This worked last time. Well, because yeah. we're seeing this. We need right. to do that. Well, maybe this exercise yeah. I know from the past 15 years of lifting doesn't work well for me. <laughs> you put it on the program. What can we do to adjust that, right? Yeah. Whereas like a newer coach-client relationship there's sometimes still... is more. The, the client usually takes it and it's just gospel, and we'll run through it. And then in three months, they're like, well, I really hate this because it hurts this. Mm. Well, why didn't you bring that up yeah, three yeah. months ago? <laughs> you know, that's it's an easy Or they're just to... learning. And so, man, I, I swear, you could, you could literally take probably four years from a good coach mm-hmm. and just learn things the whole time Oh yeah. before you kind of really start feeling, figuring out what's best mm-hmm. for you. Yep. you know? um, everybody's got different training styles. You know? Oh, yeah. Different training styles. Different and then as you've matured and you got a certain training style and you get a new coach that's different, sometimes it's like, well, is this going to work? I mean. Yeah. And then, you know, as you're doing the workout, <laughs> you kind of second guess it and, and maybe that, you know, 600 pound pull for I think sometimes three sets of 94 doesn't make sense in your head. Anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so you start to second guess it. And, you I think know. some of that uh, um, maturity as an individual, not just in lifting, but in age also, yeah. too, you know. An old dog do tricks sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. And that's kind of where I think there's a misconception sometimes with coach, with maybe new clients, um, where the coach is, you know, you're, you're really trying to move in a different direction. And if you keep doing what you've been doing the whole time, mm-hmm. but you're kind of stagnant, you kind of got to put faith in that other person yeah. and run with it. I mean, you've done your research. you found found a coach that's, you know, hopefully at that point in time a little bit better than, what you, yeah. who you had been using or your own at that point in time. Well, I think that a lot of them have to sit back and go, okay, there's a reason why I got a coach, <laughs> right? And, and understand that, you know, at one point they did know that they did not know everything. Yeah. You know, and, and be more humble in that effect. And I think that, that works pretty well. Yeah. You know, when I program for people at, you know, first few cycles that we, you know, work with them together on, you know, okay, what don't you like? What do you like? Why don't you like it? Does it hurt, or is it just something you've never done before? You know? Or you just don't like it because it's hard. Yeah. And sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to do the hard work. Yeah. You know, you get those ones that are like, oh, no, it hurts. Mm, does it, though? Looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You're not limping. <laughs> you know, so you got to kind of question those, I guess. Yeah. But, but the uh, to be able to hear that from, you know, again, somebody at that level, you know, kind of reiterated it in my mind, you know, that we never do know everything. You know, nobody yeah. knows everything. Yeah. You know, and, uh, so well, I mean, kind of got a little off topic. But, yeah. I mean, it went into something that, you know, is good to talk about anyway. But the same thing with Melissa. I mean, she got a pro card in 14. So this is year eight wow. as a pro. But you did a couple shows early on, took a little four-year, just did some solid powerlifting. 
and then came back to the same coach that got her her pro card. And they have a relationship that's kind of pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people like to bounce around and mm -hmm. try things out, but man, every year she keeps improving. Every show she does better, she keeps winning. Yep. Why would you f yeah. change something that's not broken? Exactly. She has added more to the team. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's one coach, and I think me in her life, I'm not taking any credit for her hard work and her drive, but it just changed perspective oh, sometimes, yeah. you know. For example, if you're the strongest guy in your gym, you probably are at the wrong gym, yep. unless you're the world's strongest man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so her being a smaller female, training with a whole bunch of big dudes, and now we look at her going, gosh, damn, she's the strongest person in yeah, this Yeah, I wish I could do that. Yeah, well, she's the strongest person <laughs> in this gym. You know, so we feed off of that energy, eating as well. Some women, you know, a lot of women in general, they just, they have this, um, whether they're trying to get muscular or lose weight or get strong, they have a complex of being too fat. Yeah. Especially when you're in this industry, you want to stay in shape. Yep. So you don't eat as much. Well, once you figure out how to eat, all of a sudden you train heavier mm -hmm. and harder, and your body loves it. And yeah. I think she's figuring that out as a pro six years in, you yeah. know, of being a pro. So you're always learning. And she's seeing this, and she's like, yeah. So now when she goes for the prep stage with her coach, she's going to say, this is what I did differently this offseason. I felt fantastic and so much bigger. And can we do these things? You know, so there's that now where it was coach and athlete. Now it's like coach and athlete that can communicate back and forth yeah. to a big, you know, to win this and, Olympia. And that know. relationship takes time, but the payoff yeah. is incredible, you know. And as long as the coach trusts you and you trust the coach. you got to have trust both right? ways. So, there yeah. might be a little bit of this toward the end. I freaking hate that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because he's making me do that. But you know what? When you step on stage and you win, it's worth everything. Mm -hmm. And she understands that. She might have a word every now and again. You know, we, toward we the very end. Be a trophy. It'll yeah. be worth it. Yeah, right? when you cash and checks, that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right? Yeah, no, uh, the, uh, that, that mindset of being able to kind of hand it over but not fully, I, I think is important. Too many, I do think too many people just, and then when they don't win, oh, well, it's my coach's fault. Was it your coach's fault or is it because you skipped 14 workouts in that three-week period? Or did you do everything he said and you just need more time. Yeah. You need to go through that cycle again, learn a little yeah. bit more. You need to go through another training cycle and learn a little bit more. You need to diet down again. Yeah. You need to put more weight on. You need to lift a little heavier. A coach can shave time off of that overall journey, right? But they're from, not going to... From the guesswork. It's, it's not a teleportation. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not getting to the end, you know? There's no magic ball that right? takes you right there <laughs> except hard work. Yeah. Guidance and hard work, you know? Yep. But kind of going back to where you're talking about mm -hmm. your childhood, you know, one thing that I was uh, kind of getting out of you that I forgot to mention on my end was, you know, why did I get into lifting? Just Was it just for the work part of it? That was one big thing. Yeah. But I was a small dude. Mm -hmm. I was a pit bull. I'm aggressive. You know, I, I would fight back. I wouldn't give in to bullies and shit like that when I was younger. Um, I got a little story. You know, I, I was homeschooled most of my life. I, I went to college the last two years, uh, junior and senior. I went to college, tested in college. We do, I just did a, you know, community college for the last two years. But when I was a freshman, I went to a private school, uh, private high school. And, you know, all the seniors, they do the, the senior thing, you know, the, just the normal high school bullshit. Tried to shove me in a garbage can. Five, <laughs> five kids, five seniors, they couldn't get me in it. 
Well, when I came back for, you know, because I went on to college and I came back to one of the graduations because I had buddies there that graduated and they all looked at me and I was 40 pounds bigger and I had just won national jacked out of my gourd. They're like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm like, you never fucking talked to me. I don't yeah. want to talk to you, you know? So I think part of that was there, but once I, once I had got into the bodybuilding, I no longer had a complex. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the guy in the gym lifting with my shirt off, always checking my abs. I was the guy doing it because I loved it. And it was actually intimidating to get on stage wearing your little banana hammock in front of 200 people or 2,000 people at that time, you know. Um, but you just get, you you work through it, and you're like, here is where I'm now. It built my confidence. I don't, you know, and I don't have that problem anymore. Did yeah. you have any of that growing up? Not necessarily. Um, but were you 5'2 were you and 120 pounds at 14? <laughs> Not quite. No, I graduated, like, I think I was 5'7", 175 when I graduated, you know, so, um, and it wasn't good weight, you know, I was, I was a lineman, so, you know, it, was, it wasn't good weight, um, there was some strength there, you know, but, uh, no, not, not necessarily that aspect of it, I don't think, uh, See, I, I think time. had I have started earlier, I would have been in less trouble. Mm, you got, you so know. it kind of kept you... It would have kept me out of trouble because once I started lifting, you know, I had an outlet for that aggression, and I was a very angry child. You know, I was a very, uh, very angry child. So, so you kind of see the benefit maybe when you're coaching young kids, or see the benefit of a program for a high school kid. Oh, absolutely. Or just any kid, girl or or oh, yeah. female or male. Absolutely. Um, they all can benefit from this. Yeah. Just if it keeps your mind clear, keeps you out of trouble a little bit, you know, some of us are a little more mischievous than others. Yeah, it it gives you an outlet for whatever emotions you have, you know. Uh, You know, I I see all the time on, you know, social media and stuff this, you know, oh, big weights make sad boys go away type thing. You know, we joke about it, but it it does. I still use it today, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are days where I'm like, "Mm, come in here. I feel a hundred hundred times better. You yep. know, I feel like a million bucks walking out of here. Yep. Might be sore as hell, might be limping, but you know what? Emotionally and you know, yeah. in the mental side of things, I'm cool. It know? allows some clarity, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives you time. Whether it's you know, it, even if you have a training partner, you know, sometimes that it, it is a therapy session. You For know? sure. So and have if people used it more, you know, because I, I do think even though the fitness community is growing. There's still a lot of people that need to get in the general public for, needs for health, yeah. for mental health, right? So physical and the mental aspect of it. Especially nowadays, the mental health part of it's so big. Well, I think we could cut down on a lot of the stigmas and the diagnoses that you know they put out there, and maybe even with medication. more, yeah, with more, uh, you know, physical activity. It doesn't have to be weight training. It just, you know, that's that's our driving force, right? Bigger, that's, faster, stronger. That's our force is a strength training. Yeah. But but maybe it's yoga. Maybe, maybe it's a run. Yeah. You know, maybe. It's hiking. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. We live, in, we live in a great area for the outdoors. You yeah. Know? That I don't take advantage of enough. Well. It's too hot. Pretty pale. You burn pretty good. That's why yeah. we actually had to postpone this podcast because yes. <laughs> you were like a, a scaly, flaking lizard. Yeah. I, uh. That, that South Texas heat really, that sun hits different down there. I well, that was windy as hell too, right? That, oh, yeah. That so wind it was windburn and then the, it was sunburn. Yeah, I'm still peeling, you know, but but no, I look like a leopard coming in here, you know. It's, it's like, like, maybe we'll just we'll put a hat on, put some lotion on, kind of blend it together. We'll sandpaper. Yeah, yeah it, ju- it just cleared up this week, but uh, 
Yeah, no, and then, so even though we live in this beautiful outdoor area, that's not always feasible. Mm -hmm. But what is feasible is the AC of a gym. Mm -hmm. Whether, again, if it's... Or your house, man. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anywhere. You have it right in front of you. It's your body moving, you know? We don't have to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Um, It is fun to get out of your little box to somewhere else for an outlet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I I totally can have a gym at my house. I will at some point. Yeah. It's not a priority. I have these ones. I like training around people. <laughs> I like getting out of my house mm-hmm. and driving the 10 minutes to the gym, you know. And it it's is. It's therapy, you know. It's 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 clearing the head. It's moving you in the right direction, you know. For me, in the gym or in in the house, I can't I can't have a, a gym at the house. <laughs> it's not it's going to collect dust. I already know it is. Um, I don't have that motivation and that switch to be able to say, "Okay, now it's gym time." At home, because I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna you know, get a snack or do laundry that, or that's not yeah. hung on the wall over there, oh, and all of a sudden you get your yeah. grill out and 30 minutes have gone by. Yeah, and, you know. So uh, for me, it's a, it's like a detachment, right, from from the normal life to to drive to the gym, walk in the door, you know, and it, it's a different environment, and I'm able to kind of detach from whatever my day was. You know, well, it could have been a great day. Yeah. Even on the great days, I think coming into the gym. You know, it's going to make it better. It's part of your routine. Or if it's a terrible day in the gym and you, you know, fail every lift, you know. Well, at least you had a good day otherwise. You know, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think that, that that mental and physical improvement, we'll call it, uh, it, is underlooked by most of the public. You know, I think there's very few individuals that, there's a small percentage. I think 90 to 95% of people need to get out of their house and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is the time of year when I'm four weeks out from a show where if I had my own gym and I could bring my one or two buddies over, I mean, I, if I brought buddies over, two buddies to train with, yeah. we could go ham at my own place. Yeah. Um, I could go ham with Melissa, but the last four weeks, especially as a bodybuilder, because yeah. you're low on the food, your energy's kind of shot, you know. We, I own the gym, so people are always asking me questions, and just to get that little bit of quiet time. Now, most people are pretty good at our gym. Hey, when yeah. he's got his headphones on, oh, yeah. he's not training clients. He's training himself, leave yeah. him alone, but you still get the new walk-ins and stuff like that. So I could see it beneficial for four weeks. So at some yeah. point I will, but I think in general, you, you have, I mean, get out of your house. Yeah. Drive away from that, you know, whether it's... Whether you had a good day or not, whether you're running away from something, which you shouldn't use that <laughs> as a, as necessarily something to yeah. the gym for, but as a quick band aid until you resolve the matters, it's a great outlet so you don't do something stupid. Yep. You know? Um, you know, we I've replaced it. I've replaced drinking as I was a contractor. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in my late twenties, with the gym. I mean, that's a healthy trade. That's a healthy addiction yep. to swap. Right. Yep. You know. Is training an addiction? I think we can call it that. But is it a healthy one that only benefits other parts of your life? I think we can call it that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good trade, you know, for an addictive personality, which tends to be a lot of us in a competitive nature, you know, know, whether whatever sport it is. It's a pretty pretty, uh, interesting phenomenon there, too. (laughs) The the addictiveness of of competitors. You know, and it's that natural endorphin release that you get. That's what we're chasing. Oh, yeah. You know, that that adrenaline, that surge to get that massive lift, the fatigue and feeling, the soreness after. 
it all becomes something you crave in a sick way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, there's days I come into the gym and, you know, I just want to be sore and not able to walk right tomorrow. <laughs> Let's just do, like, you know, a high-volume leg day or whatever it is. Um, but going back to, you know, you don't have to have, you know, a gym or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. It reminded me... Uh, Remember when Pokemon Go came out? You know, and, <laughs> Barely. And, that was pretty deep into yeah. my work at that point <laughs> in my life. I just, you know, I hate the fact that, you know, even in that aspect. Like 2007, I don't remember. I don't think it was quite that long ago. Okay. I think it was just before. got to remember, I was married yeah. in 2004 <laughs> and working pretty hard. So I think, uh, I think my it was. My kids were into it, maybe. I think it was right before, right before the old, uh, the old Corona happened, I think. Okay. Maybe a year or two before that. I just saw someone doing it the other day. They were at the park. Uh, my youngest was playing softball, and, and they were out there still playing. You look at them, and they probably wouldn't have left the house if it wasn't for that game. You know, so even though I'm, I'm not a video gamer by any means, and I, I kind of hate all technology, mostly because I don't know how to work it. That's my, uh, my thing, too. <laughs> What I had to take is like 15 minutes to figure out how this thing works. Yeah. And we've already and we done it once. <laughs> yeah, we'll, by the end of it all, we'll figure it out, I'm sure. Well, it's just going to die the red right light, now. All we need is the red light, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, you know, just to have an app, if that's what it takes to get them out, you know, just get out, find something that makes you happy outside of normal day-to-day life, you know. People, you get, you know, it's a distraction, not a distraction. I don't want to call it a distraction, but it's a, it's a break, it's a, a break from work, from monotony. You know? yeah. yeah, right. You know, so especially with the technology these days and the kids being glued to a device. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not everybody's looking like this all the time. Right? They can't even lift their head up, <laughs> and, and you, you you talk to them, and they don't even acknowledge that you're there. They're so fo- super yeah. hyper focused. Now, hyper-focus is good for certain things. Yeah, for working on calculus homework. There you go. (laughs) But it's not Pokemon, so. (laughs) Yeah. No, so it's a, it it goes two ways, right? Like, that addictive personality, you you want that to happen, but then you don't want it in certain aspects, so. Curving that personality when you see it as a youngster Mm -hmm. or in young guys, as a parent or a guardian or an uncle or, you know, a good friend to kind of, Curve them in this direction where there's a good community of people that are thinking yeah. a certain way that have had ADHD or, you know, oh, yeah. depression and anxiety and, and, you know, issues with their complex. And let's yeah. get them in this environment. Let's start training. And all that stuff just all of a sudden starts to just dissipate. Yeah. You know, and they become themselves. They figure out who they are. And whether they love to lift or not, they'll at least find some sort of peace with their their own being yeah way, absolutely know. you know that inner inner building of you know their their personality as well uh the confidence that comes from you know and, and i see it in, in the young folks that come into the gym you can see their confidence build you know they come in and they're they're benching maybe a bar you know and then well, after a couple of weeks or a month you know they've got a 10 or a 25 on there you know and they have a different swagger to them you know and and sometimes it goes too far, and that, that swagger becomes douchery, you know. And, and we try to reel that back, but you know, <laughs> that's when you have Melissa bench three fifteen next to them, and, and they go like, "Ah, oh, dang!" And next time they're a little bit quieter right. and work a little bit harder. You gotta, you gotta, you know, build that humility into them. You know, so. But no, you know, it, it's a confidence builder, you know, and and that's gonna go, you know, okay. Well, why can't I be that CEO? 
you know, and, and there's no no's anymore, you know. Why am I not going to finish college? Yeah. Just because X, Y, and Z happened. Yep. No, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to do college. Yep. And we're just going to make it make it happen. Yep. I mean, I'm talking about kids that I have in here that are doing that right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, kids that come in and they're timid and shy, and then all of a sudden they start gaining the weight they were supposed mm-hmm. to gain and lifting the weights they were supposed to lift because that whole demeanor has moved in that direction where they're owning every move in their life, yep. mentally as well as physically. Because until the mental game is there, you can go through the motions and not move an inch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you, you got you to gotta add, you got to be one with both, you know. Yep. Well, sweet, dude. That was a good amount of stuff. We learned I'm a little in. bit about you. Yeah. I'm sure we could pull more out of you at some point. but Probably. Man, I got, I skipped it. I I'm went from 18 book. to, okay, now. So we got about 20 years. We yeah. can still I'm an open on. book. Huh? <laughs> I'm an open book. We just put a little tab on it, you know. <laughs> right on. Well, it's a good one. We'll see you next week. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back from California. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. She's packing two bottles of sunscreen. <laughs>